Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. So I wanted to take a moment today to thank you for taking the time to listen to these important conversations. Whether you're new here or you've been listening for some time, my intention for you is that you find something of value from each and every episode that you can bring forth into your own life. Now, November 19th marks the two-year anniversary of the podcast, and I couldn't be more grateful. To further thank you, I'm doing a podversary giveaway that I will announce next week, so stay tuned. Now, I think you're really going to love this episode with Michelle Ferris. Michelle is a licensed psychotherapist, anger management specialist, mother, author, and course editor. She loves helping codependent people create healthy relationships without sacrificing their big heart. She's written several workbooks and online courses. Her articles have been featured in Psych Central, Bustle, Your Tango, The Good Men Project, and The Daily Positive, to name a few. In her private practice, she believes that it doesn't have to take years to heal your relationships. When you learn to trust yourself, you can create mutually satisfying connections that work. Now, I don't have any solid evidence for this, but I often wonder if codependency is another one of those delightful issues that often accompanies ADHD. I am definitely prone to codependent behavior myself, and I have a feeling that I am not alone. So feel free to DM me or email me with your thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Now, during this rebroadcast episode, Michelle Ferris and I talk about codependency, how to spot it, and what happens when we bring it into motherhood. We talk about how to start healing issues of codependency. We talk about how by caring for yourself, you're teaching your kids how to care for themselves. We also talk about how anger is a healthy emotion when it's expressed in a skillful way. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. Now, as a mom with ADHD, with ADHD kiddos, I know firsthand that before I can teach or model anything for my kids, I have to regulate my own nervous system. And that's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator, Krista Bevan. Now, Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run on overdrive with ADHD. Now, if you know you need some help in the emotional regulation area, that's an executive function challenge for ADHDers, check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. I'm a course participant and I love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD mind can understand, along with easy steps to implement what I'm learning into my everyday life. You can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash radical mother dash foundations, or you can find the link in the show notes. And just so you know, I only recommend and allow sponsors that I have personal experience with, and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the course and enjoy this enlightening conversation with Michelle. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, Michelle, welcome to the show. I am so glad to have you here today. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is going to be great. It is. It's been a long time coming. We talked about that yep. uh, before the before the interview, and <laughs> um, but we're here, and um, and I'm really excited about digging in. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got into um, doing what you're doing today. Sure. So I could totally relate, first of all, to your value of growth because mm. I am the exact same way. Right. Uh, when I was uh, going to college, I had the fantasy of, oh, my life is going to be grand, you know, and all that stuff. And what I realized very quickly was that I didn't have the skills to feel good about myself and create mm. healthy relationships. Right. Um, so I tanked pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of led me to my own recovery when I was 21. So I got into 12 step programs. I started looking at how I was using food for comfort mm -hmm. and my codependency issues. And that's what really made me realize, holy cow, there's hope. Yeah. And when I realized that I knew I wanted to be a therapist and I was always one to try to figure out why my family was dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> Even as a kid, yeah, it was like, what's wrong here? I know something's wrong. Right. So I, I think I've always had a love for personal growth and just figuring things out and wanting yeah. to be better. Yeah, kindred spirit. Yes, yes me too. Definitely. Ever since I was little, I just, um, ever since I was young, I just, I want to know. And I feel like, you know, it sounds like you yeah, too, just definitely. want to, your, your, your need for growth. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, tell, what does codependence mean anyway? What, what is, what does it mean? Yeah. It gets really confusing for people because there's so many, it, it looks different on different people. Right. I, I really, and that's why sometimes people miss it. So for me, it's a relationship pattern where you're basically focusing on others at your own expense. Mm. So these are the people that lose themselves in relationships. They tend to be overachievers. So they're the first one to volunteer. They work their heart out, but they neglect themselves in the process. Mm -hmm. So there's really no balance between what they give to others and what they give to themselves. Right. It's really all about the external and trying to get your needs met and your value met through what you do versus who you are as a person, which wow. is a tough way to live. Right. Yeah. That's a beautiful, I love that explanation because, um, I, I think I think I came across codependence probably in college. Uh -huh. um, that you know that word and oh okay yeah. <laughs> Hello, <that laughs> Light bulb. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and still um, as you know, and that was many many years ago. But still, um, I still have to catch myself with oh, yeah. the with the giving and with the and the, yes. and you know it, it was especially. You, story for another time but when my when i pulled my life apart and that was the mm. first time i ever really started focusing on myself and yeah. then it's just it's been a continual process but i do fall into those oh you know um uh i'm not you know and i can catch myself uh -huh. in and it's usually when um when i hear myself talking and i'm and i think who is that talking because uh -huh. i'm not paying attention to myself, you know? But that's an important point because codependency recovery is a process that takes right. our whole life. 
It's I was going to say a lifetime, yeah. right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not. And when I first started, I thought, oh, in 10 years, I'm going to be done. And it's like, right. no, I'm never done. Right. But I think there has to be some acceptance that this is the path is you're going to get better every day and you're going to yeah. have setbacks. But that's growth. Growth yeah. is not being perfect, being, you know, oh, I'm now there. <laughs> right. It's just one day at a time. Yeah, one day at a time. And and so and how does that show up in motherhood? What does that look like? If you if you grew up in a dysfunctional yeah. family yeah. and you you generated or you you took on these codependent patterns and habits, mm -hmm. what does mm -hmm. that look like when you become a mother? So it can look a lot of different ways. One is you can try you will give up who you are for your children. Mm. So you tend to lose yourself. So instead of being, and as a mom, that's hard because your yeah. identity does a massive shift when we become parents. And there is a, a period, especially when they're little, that it is naturally going to be out of balance. Right. But if that never self-corrects and you mm -hmm. don't find yourself again, that's going to be really hard. Yeah. Uh, the other way it shows up is if you're living vicariously through your kid. So oh, their yeah. successes mean you're good. You know, if my right. son's a straight A student, that means I'm a good parent. If my daughter excels at swimming, that means I'm successful right. versus, you know what? Our kids are not extensions of us. They are part of us, but to use them as points of self-worth is really dangerous because it puts mm. a lot of pressure on our kids right. and it's another external way to try to get validated, which doesn't work long-term. Right, right. So now, do is it is it kind of are they patterns, generational patterns, or because it oh, seems yeah. like yeah, they, it could be both, right? So when you yes. become a mother and you you like you 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 must have listened to the the episode that I talked to, talked about yeah. um, my core values and that realization yeah. that I had put family mm -hmm. as number one. Yep, and that I thought that's what you were supposed to do. So right. does it happen that way too? That you become a mother and then you you're you're you, oh yeah. Yeah. Culturally, I think as women, we're taught to put ourselves last. Yeah. And when we become a mom, it's really that way. Yeah. Unless we have a tribe, unless we have a support system that's saying, you know what, you need to hold on to some form of self-care or you're not going to be a good mom anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. And you're not going to set an example for your kids, especially your daughter, that self-care is okay and, and really part and necessary of a healthy life. Right. Right. You know, when, um, when my kids were young and this, the, mm -hmm. when my son, my oldest, when he was about three was when I pulled my life apart. Yeah. I'm very grateful. Not, I mean, I'm grateful for that experience. The realization that I'm teaching, like my kids are watching me. Yes. They're not necessarily with their eyes. They're not necessarily hearing what I'm saying, but they're right. absorbing my being in the world, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that realization really helped. I'm glad it happened earlier than later, um, but mm -hmm. it, wherever you fall in this right. realization is all That's good. Right. I mean, even if you're a grandmother at this point, right? Yeah. It, no matter where you are, your kids are yeah. always watching you. Right. right. So I'm grateful that I did start. Now it was it was a long journey. <laughs> it mm -hmm. took a long time to uh to kind of you know kind of write myself. Sure. Um, 
but that that I've been able since my kids were real little to mm-hmm. show them that I put myself first. Yeah. That I put myself on the calendar. Yeah. I put my uh-huh. marriage on the calendar. You yeah. know, they are not like it's not it's not um it's not unusual for mom to take off for the weekend. You know, yeah. and, and they yeah. know that I that I, you know, at least once a week at night I'm gone, you know, I'm yeah. I'm out of the house. So yeah. it's 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 you know, I still do have those Oh my gosh. And especially with this, with this, uh, the virtual school and the, what, oh, who knows yeah. what the school year is going to look like, you right. know, there is that, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, like what's going to happen and how can I help mm-hmm. them help mm-hmm. the help? And, and it's, there is that tendency to, when you get a call from the teacher or, you know, that, sure. that it's a reflection on you, that it's, oh, your, yeah. that it's hard it, not to take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you, what do you suggest to your clients when with with that when they're when they're kind of you know with that distinction that that yeah. is theirs and that's their journey yeah. and yeah. you are the guide but you're not the you're not you're not completely you're not really responsible for their whole journey right well i think the goal in any relationship is acceptance i think mm-hmm. and especially with our kids and when they're different than us or when they're difficult uh it really is about accepting who they are as individual people. Yes, we have a role in that. We have a hand in that. But ultimately, we can't control our kids' behavior, even at two years old. You know, parents may think, control your kid. Well, okay, how do you control a two-year-old, really? You know, and and to really bust up that myth that we as parents are supposed to control our kids. Right. Right. And now there's so many kids outside the box, and my son is one of those, that I think that's what I learned the most is being able to accept that he is his own person. He is very unique. In a lot of ways, he's like me, and in some ways, he's not. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, he was super challenging to raise because he wasn't in the box. And I had to go through a grieving process to come to some acceptance around that. And I think- even with quote, normal kids, there is a period of rectifying what you wanted out of parenthood and what you have. Yes. You know, isn't that a beautiful thing? Because I had a, I have, I have two that are, they're not, they're just Mm -hmm. not like, they're not the textbook um, kids, you know, and, and, and there is a lot of, you know, there is the grieving Mm-hmm. And there is the um, the acceptance and the beauty that we can find right. in our in our kids. When and we have to be able to accept ourselves as well. You know, it goes it yeah. goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you start healing the issues of codependency? So for me, there's a three step framework, mm-hmm. uh, and I make it really simple. The first one is you got to start building a foundation of self-esteem and Mm self-trust because the core of codependency is looking outside of yourself for that. Right. So we have to look at, okay, how can we start to develop our intuition? How can we start to look at what's good about us versus where we're lacking? Because nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be the perfect mom. Nobody's going to be the perfect person. Nobody's going to be the perfect business person. Um, And then the second part is really learning those essential relationship skills. Mm. Like how do you communicate without blame? How do you set a boundary and it not be control? How do you manage your emotions? Things like that, that really 
are essential everyday skills. But again, most of us weren't taught them growing up. So we right. learn have to learn the hard way <laughs> when yeah. we're 40 or, or whatever. Right. Uh, and, and then the last part is the child of origin work. Mm-hmm. So mm. this is where you have to go back and you have to look at how your childhood has impacted you because those are the triggers in our current relationship that get the most um, painful for us. Right, right. And what's hard about this work is that usually all three of those are going on simultaneously. Yeah. So you can't just say, I'm just going to work on my self-esteem because I'll, I'll guarantee you'll probably have a childhood trigger pop up. Yep. You'll probably have a communication go wacky. So that's why we have to be really gentle with ourselves because this is a daunting process. This is not something easy. Right. Uh, and it just takes a daily effort of, you know what, at least I got to keep going. I got to keep showing up and keep trying the next thing. And some days you're going to feel really successful and others you're going to feel like a newcomer and yeah. that's okay. Right. And, you know, and I, I, um, I like to call the work that I do in, in, um, in the world, uh, taking your yoga off the mat. Uh-huh. And that's really kind of what it is, right? Yeah. If you if you've ever done yoga, you are different every single day mm-hmm. on the mat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in life, we are yeah. different every single day in life. And right. so are so are our, you know, our partners and our kids. Like we're all it's so interesting because sometimes we're all it's we're true. coming, we come as, you know, with as new people. Okay. Right. <laughs> new people right. with our old baggage. It's yeah. just interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I love, I love that um, the child of origin. I hadn't heard it um, called child of origin. It's usually family of origin, but okay. Either way. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I love that, and it's it's mm-hmm. so true, and it does. Um, yeah. And and what you said about the uh, the the self worth and the mm-hmm. you know the self compassion and all of that. If I did not, I had to every day during that period when I was mm-hmm. pulling my life apart every day, I had to, you know, at first, um, I am worthy. I don't know. Am I worthy? You know, mm-hmm. I had to, I had to every day just reminding myself that, you know what, I am worthy and right. my kids are worth this. I'm worth this. My kids mm-hmm. are worth this too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what are some simple ways that you can take care of yourself without feeling guilty? That's a huge Mm -hmm. one for, um, for moms. Yeah. Well, usually the motivating factor is being the positive example. So if you Mm -hmm. can't do it for you, think about if you do not take care of yourself and you neglect yourself consistently, that is going to send your kids the message that that's what they should be doing. Right. And every parent I talk to says, heck no, I don't want that for my kid. So that can provide the motivation. Um, I know people are really busy. There's lots happening. But, you know, what I do is I look at what if I'm really busy and I'm stressed, I will look at what can I take off my plate? Because there's usually some things that is that are not essential that I can make a call and say, you know what, I really need to change my mind about this. Um, I don't have the time right now. Thanks so much. Or negotiate alone time with your partner. I think that's mm-hmm. really important because men and women, right. moms and dads need alone time. They need yeah. me time. They need girl time, uh, men time. And that needs to be negotiated fairly. Not just one person always leaving to go play basketball or go to, you know, whatever. Both people need that. 
Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, if we can carve out a little bit of time in our schedule, that's really key. Another one is maybe creating a little ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, I created one about five years ago where I read my daily meditation books. I have my coffee. It's not long, right. <laughs> but it's something. It's yeah. something I can look forward to that centers me. And, you know, because self-care is going to look different depending on who you are. Right. You might want time for walking or time with friends or just time alone in your house. But whatever that is, if you can start to get it at least on a, you know, two to three times a week basis, because once a month is not enough. You, you right. really need to be able to incorporate this on a semi-regular basis, at least to start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, um, um, the, uh, like what I was saying about, about my kids now knowing that, and I get up early, I get up early in the morning and I go for my walk and I do my yoga and my, you know, a lot of moms do their yoga with, um, with their kids in the living room or whatever. Uh I like to do mine by myself Uh and do my, I like, I like to do all that stuff by myself. It's kind of, it's how I re how I energize myself. Yes. Now, when, before I had my kids, I had this really luxurious, now that I look back, this really luxurious morning routine of walking Mm -hmm. and doing an hour of yoga and meditation, Mm -hmm. this whole thing. Um, And then when I had my kids, I, I kind of threw it out the window. Well, if I'm not, it was kind of self-defeating. Well, if I'm Uh not going to be able to do that, then I'm not going to do it at all. Right. And it was, it was, it was kind of, it was strange. So now I just, like you said, in little bits, you know, I don't, if I, you know, and I get to decide each day because we are different each day, you know, what, what, if I have this, this amount of time, what's the most important for me today? And I love what you said about, um, about intuition too, is really is, is learning, you know, learning how your, your intuition speaks through Mm -hmm. you. And so that, you know, is, is the walk the most important thing today is the, you know, is it body, mind or soul? Like what, what, what's the, what, what needs the most care today? Oh, that's so well said. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, so, um, and how, so you mentioned we talked about how making um, making mistakes can be powerful mm-hmm. role modeling for the kids. Now, how oh, does yeah. that work? Well, so I think most of us in our generation grew up never hearing "I'm sorry" from mm. our from our parents. Right? right? It was their way or the highway, typically. Yeah. And when you think of what that taught you, it didn't teach you that it was okay to say you're sorry, and it was okay to admit that you're not perfect. So to me, when my son was little, I wasn't a big yeller, but you know, once in a while I'd get mad and yell and I would, I would have to go back to him and say, you know, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have yelled. And he would light up like a Christmas tree Mm. because it was such validation for him that one, I was validating his experience because negating our kid's experience is part of what can cause codependency. Oh, okay. Cause then they learn not to trust themselves. Cause if I say I didn't yell and they go, well, wait a minute, you just screamed at me. That means my reality is wrong mm. and that's really damaging to kids. So, right. it, so when I do that, it, it kind of became a little ritual. Like he'd, he'd light up and I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm sorry. Okay. And then, you know, I would work on not yelling because you can't just say you're sorry. You have to actually show that you're trying to change the behavior. Right. But what would happen is he would come to me then sometimes and go, he'd yell at me and then he'd come back. Sorry, mom. 
And I'd be like, thank you. So mm. I knew that was happening because I demonstrated the behavior first. Right. And to me, that's such a key relationship behavior because to me, the number one thing to look at in a relationship is accountability. accountability because if the other yeah. person isn't accountable, what are you right. going to do when there's a conflict? Right. You're going to get right. stuck and you're going to get blamed and it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. But if the person at least has the aware awareness to say, yeah, my bad, I could have done that better. Awesome. Right. Then yeah. you have an openness and a platform to keep going. Right. So that's where I just really thought that was important uh, part of parenting that people could practice because it's not about being embarrassed. I think that's the yeah. hump people have to go over is, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to look like I have egg on my face. Well, no, not really, because your kid is going to really admire you for being willing to be the example. And you're not throwing yourself under the mat. You're just saying, hey, I could have done that better. Yeah. I'm going to work on that. Right. And you, you don't, yeah, it's really important to do that. Yeah. And they're, they're watching us. They're watching mm -hmm. us all the time. They're watching. Definitely. Oh, so and 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 that it's okay to make a mistake. Yes, it's okay to do the you know the beep 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 backing up. Yeah, because <laughs> you know? then they Whoops. know they can. Right, right, and then it's okay, and that's human, and and then right. and that it's, and I think sometimes in our in our, you know, busy lives as moms, and we've got all the, all the things, you know, mm -hmm. all the things that are going on all the time. And sometimes we, you know, it's, it's, and sometimes it's, the, it's maybe at night where I have to go back and say, Hey, remember when we were in the car right. and I said this, or, you know, it, right. it, it, I mean, ideally it would be immediately, but, but at any oh, time, it still so counts. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it all counts. Yeah. Um, so, and, so in your work, do you, are you, you're, do you have a, a practice or do you have, um, do you do, do like, okay. So I kind of have a hybrid where I have my client work and then I have my online work. Mm -hmm. And even though now technically I'm seeing clients online, but what I mean by online work is, you know, I do videos, I do eBooks, I do courses, and that kind of gave me a way to be creative and, right. and give to others, what I wish I would have gotten when I was first starting my process, because nice. there were major gaps, yeah. major gaps. And so when I think of creating a new product, I think, what did I miss? Right. What did I really need to learn sooner than I did? And then I, I get super motivated because that to me is really fun. Yeah. Well, I love that too. And I hadn't thought about that. I, I had been in uh, therapy for years you know, mm -hmm. for probably 20 years from, from my twenties, um, into my forties. And, yeah. uh, and we still, my, my husband and I have a, um, a, a therapist, a marriage therapist that we, for maintenance, we yeah. go every, you know, every other, every other week. And it's really a time that we, you know, it's our protected time that, you know, yeah. I think this is important. This is important for our family. This is important for us. Yeah. Um, but I love that you have other things that, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. videos and courses and, and, yeah. um, and things that the in-between, because I find sometimes yeah. when I've worked with therapists, by the time I get back, I mean, I've been like seven different people by the time I see them a week later. Right. <laughs> right. Like we talk about being different every day, you know, and yeah. sometimes what we talked about this day it is completely irrelevant, you know, um, but I love that you, I love that you combine both. 
both of yeah. those things. And I've 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 perused your um your website and you work with anger too. Can you tell I us do. a little bit about that? Because I think that's super important. And I mm -hmm. there's this, you know, there's kind of this uh this stigma. You know, we hear that we hear the mom right. yelling at her kids in the grocery oh, store yeah. like <gasps> like there's a trigger, right. you know. So tell us a little bit about the anger and, and the what you what you work on the anger about. Sure. Well I try to help people realize that anger is a healthy emotion mm, it's just right. how you express it mm -hmm. but because most of us weren't taught how to express it it comes out sideways whether right. it's either yelling or indirect like guilt trips silent treatment you know there's mm. there's indirect ways that it can be harmful too right. but uh for me one of my first internships was uh running an anger management group and oh, okay. it was fascinating and yeah. i had so much empathy because all of them were witnessing abusive anger as kids so mm, of course they right. grew up and did the same thing yeah uh, so i really like to neutralize it because it's not a judgmental issue even though yes it can be a hot potato uh, right. because we can judge people for their behavior but there are ways there are simple ways to catch your anger and validate that you know what when i hear somebody's really angry and i hear their story it makes total sense to me yeah Right. And, and that's what we have to get to is what's the story behind the anger and what are some simple ways like catching negative thoughts? That's a big one. Right. Because our thinking takes us halfway into anger already. Oh, that's beautiful. So it's really, you know, if I think my partner is such a pain in the butt, I'm halfway there already, even right. before I talk to him. Yeah. But if I can catch that thought of no, wait a minute, I'm maybe I'm not in a good space to have this conversation, or maybe mm, I'm, right. you know, I'm judging him from the get go, instead of giving him the benefit of the doubt. If I can catch that, then far out, my anger is not going to get to a place of being hurtful. Right, right. I, I love that. And that's that. So how do you how do you teach or how do you teach them mm -hmm. to, to stop that into the, mm -hmm. you know, to, 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 yeah. notice the thoughts well it's like it's like anything else it's practice yeah. but throughout the day the next time you get angry think about what you were thinking about mm. oh, like nice right what what were you saying to yourself oh this is never going to work oh yeah. this is going to be a terrible day right you know right. i can't say no to this whatever those thoughts were i guarantee there was a progression before you had the blow yeah. up and that's what you want to go back and trace. So even today, you could just start noticing what is that self-talk you have that goes throughout your day about mm -hmm. yourself, about other people, about the right. world, right. because that's the richness of if I can connect to that, because most people don't realize they're having an entire conversation in their head right. without ever speaking it. Yeah. So if you can start to just cultivate some awareness about what that conversation sounds like, you're going to know, oh, wow, I'm really being negative on myself right now, or I'm yeah. really uh, harshly judging people. Right. Those are going to impact how you feel throughout the day. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and going back and tracing the thoughts is uh is yep. really a beautiful way to that the the awareness awareness is everything right yeah. if, we, if we're not aware of something we can't change it we can't right. make we can't make it right and i love also you you said just a little bit and i think this is where you're going with it but that you don't you can catch yourself 
-hmm. when you notice that you are about to explode and you and you can decide I don't I don't have to have this conversation right this minute. Yeah. Right. Like we can we can or I'm feeling, you know, being able to catch yourself before you explode with your with whoever it is or with yourself right. even, you know, yeah. getting angry with ourselves as well. Yeah. And that takes time because you may have stresses that are in the background that are always going, that are also impacting how stressed you are in the moment. Right. So it can be what's happening today and the bricks on your back that you're not really aware of that's impacting you of the worries, the, you know, the negative beliefs that you always are repeating in your head, like a bad tape, right. you know? Right. So all of that just needs to be coming to the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Michelle, what would be if, 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 uh, if, and I know that there are listeners who are listening to you and saying, oh my gosh, that's yeah. it. I have some codependence. I have yeah. some codependent behavior. Yeah. What would one thing, what, one thing that they could do right now that they could start doing right now, if they're, if they're noticing that they have yeah. this codependent behavior. So I would start shifting their focus from being externally focused on people, places, and things, mm -hmm. and turn that focus more into you. What do okay. I need today? How do I feel? What can I do today to feel better? Mm, nice. What do I need to do to take care of myself? Because that simple shift is really powerful in codependency Yeah. because our focus is outward. You know, what do they want? What do they expect of me? And that's a never ending battle right. versus if I can shift that into, well, wait a minute, what do I need? It's actually a lot more manageable because yeah. I'm not worrying about a hundred people. I'm just worrying about one. Right. Yeah. That's, that's brilliant. And, and what I find too, is that when, um, when I started working on myself, uh -huh. everything around me changed. Oh, yes. Including my husband that I was, you know, my kids, come on, do this, do this. Right. I want you to do it my way. And then when I backed off and started yeah. focusing on me, which was a completely different way of being, I'd never done that before, focused right. on myself. When I started right. focusing on me, I was finding books on my husband's night table. I went like that. Joseph Campbell. Like, uh -huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never even imagined. And I wasn't asking him to do these things, you know, but it's yeah. interesting when you focus on yourself and it does, um, it does, uh, you know, you move everybody's cheese and, and the people's, you know, people get a little uptight, but then it's right. kind of like, like the dust, you know, and then it just settles. Yeah. You know, I agree, I, but it is continual. It's a continual, continual. It is. One day focus at a time we grow. Yeah. Michelle, this has been an amazing conversation. I have loved this and I've really been looking forward to this for Me months. Too. Me I'm really too. excited about sharing it with our listeners. So how can, or, or before we go into how, um, how they can get, mm -hmm. how they can find you, um, can you tell us about a time in motherhood that felt either where you either accomplished something or achieved something that just felt impossible at first? Yeah. So when I realized my son was out of the box, mm -hmm. uh, he had been diagnosed with, with autism at first, which was wrong. And I knew as a mother, it was wrong. Yeah. And then the diagnosis ended up being ADD. Mm -hmm. And even though I knew in my gut that was true, uh, and, and it was, it was a very high energy, uh, race car brain type of kid, right. but there was definitely a sense of being judged by other parents around that Yeah, because I didn't have a kid in the box. Mm 
And that was really hard. That was really hard. And that's what I meant by, you know, being, uh, finding some way to accept him as he is, because that was such a painful process because I saw the quote in the box kids getting great grades, being quiet, being able to sit still. And my kid just wasn't like that. And he had other gifts, but traditional school was really boring for him. He just, he didn't like it at all other than the social. (laughs) But for me, I had to really, you know, that's what my son has taught me the most is how to accept somebody for who they are. Mm, Beautiful. Beautiful. And that's, that was a long road. Yeah. I, um, I hear you and we could have a whole other conversation about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And maybe we will. <laughs> and maybe we will. Yeah. And that, that's, that's completely it too. My kids are my greatest teachers. I have learned yeah. more about myself and the world and life yeah. um, by being present and, uh, you know, as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, and just in, in listening, you know, and, mm-hmm. and just, Oh, and finding those, those moments where now is this mine or is it theirs? I yeah. kind of discerning, is this my stuff? Oh, okay. Right. I think this is right. mine. I need to back off here. Anyway, Michelle, this has been amazing. I've loved this conversation. And, um, and again, I think that we probably have another one. <laughs> Definitely. I would love that. (laughs) Uh, So tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can get a hold of you. So my website is counselingrecovery.com and I have a YouTube channel that's pretty active. Uh, That's under Michelle Ferris, uh, relationship therapist. And I have a Facebook page that kind of acts like a group. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Okay. I know I didn't, I didn't do the group route, but we have a lot of nice discussion there too. So if people want to find me that those are the main places I hang out. Right. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. It's been so much fun and, and to connect with you because we've, we've, uh, we've been yes, together for a I'm while. I'm super no, happy we've been able to do that. <laughs> All right. Great. <laughs> Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.